This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Shelley Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Glad to see all of you out there. Happy Mother's Day. What a great day to be here. We love all of you. Hey, I want to acknowledge all of our moms and our grandmoms out there. Hey, my mom, I know you're watching. I love you. You made me who I am, and you are the best mom ever. My mother-in-law, Shirley, my children. I know my daughter is here. I love you. My son in New York and my grandkids, Taylor and Cade. I love all of you. Woohoo! There he is. Yeah. Love you. Hey, I want to read some encouragement to all of you moms out there. Because you know, Mother's Day looks different for everyone. It's not the same. So I want to read this to you to acknowledge. Those who have amazing moms and grandmoms still with you, you are so blessed. And count every day with them as a blessing. Never take them for granted. Those who miss their mothers because they are no longer on this earth with them but know that they are always in your heart. I want to acknowledge those who are amazing moms. And those of you right now who have kids, you are amazing, especially in these crazy times we're in today. Those who feel like they failed as a mom. Let me tell you what, we serve a God of second chances and he will always help you to start making better choices and start afresh every day. Those who are aching to become mothers and hold your child in your arms, we are praying that God would give you the desires of your heart. Those of you raising other people's kids, stepchildren, grandchildren, foster and adoptive children, nieces, nephews, sometimes friends, kids. We pray God would fill you with grace as you do his work in those precious ones' lives. Also, I want to acknowledge dads who've had to fill the role of mom too because circumstances have taken your children's mom out of the picture. Know that God is big enough to help you do both. I want to acknowledge mothers, daughters, and sons that are grieving separation from each other. Keep praying because we serve a God of restoration. Those who have had to mother their mothers and those who never experienced a nurturing, loving, safe, consistent mom, God sees the pain that you have walked through. And know this, you can be the one to start a generational blessing in your family. Those who are grieving on this day, the loss of their children from miscarriages, abortion and death, we pray God would comfort you on this lifelong journey and that you would trust his goodness to you. And last, I want to acknowledge those who wanted their mom's approval, but could never get it. Know this, that you have a Father God who loves you and approves of you for who you are, his child. 
not for what you do or don't do. So to all the women out there, we love and honor you. Keep on mothering the ones God puts in your path and be his arms and his hands to love in this world. I love you and I believe in you moms. Let's give a honk for all the moms. All right, you should have gotten a, a pink paper on the back of that are notes. We're gonna go over those. I have all the scriptures for you. If you have your Bible, follow along. You can open up your phone and look at the scriptures. So let's get into the word of God. Let me pray. Father, we ask that you would just open up the word. God, I pray that it would be life to us. God, I pray that you would speak to us today, God. And we worship you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to talk to you today about being strong. Not being strong in our own power, but strong in the power of God. When you look up the word strong in the dictionary, these are some of the words that are synonyms for it. Synonyms are things that mean the same thing. Secure, well-built, indestructible, well-fortified, well-defended, well-protected, solid, durable, tough, sturdy, well-made, substantial, resilient, imperishable, long-lasting, enduring, brilliant, vivid, striking, colorful, graphic, radiant, gleaming, dazzling, passionate, and powerful, all synonyms for the word strong. And there is not a negative word on that list. All of them are good. It's good to be strong. Antonyms, the things that are opposite for strong, are things like weak, fragile, faint, dim, and indifferent. God wants his people to be strong. Amen? When the Lord commissioned Joshua back in the Old Testament, when Moses was finishing up his leadership, Moses and the Lord told Joshua multiple times this phrase, in the midst of hard times, he told him, be strong and courageous. And I believe that's what God is telling each one of us today, even in the middle of these hard times that we're in, that we're having to have church outside. I'm having to stand on the roof of our office building because we're in a pandemic. I want you to know God is telling you and he's telling me, be strong and be courageous for he is with us. Amen. Awesome. So how do we become strong? How do we do that when we feel weak in and of ourselves? I'm going to give you a couple of steps. The first step is your identity. Know your identity. You have to know who you are in Christ to be strong. And you know that only happens when we spend time in his word. His word tells us who we are. When we spend time in prayer and worship and community with others, that 
helps us form our identity in Christ. It can't come from my background. My identity can't be how much money I have or how many degrees I have or how many friends I have or what I am on social media. None of those things can tell me what my identity is. Only God can give us a true identity. Look at your paper, 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 1. Paul wrote this. He was helping Timothy to know who he was in Christ. And he said, Timothy, my dear son, live your life empowered by God's free-flowing grace, which is your true strength found in the anointing of Jesus and your union with him. King David wrote this, revealing his identity was only in God. In Psalm 18:1, David said, I love you, Lord. You are my strength. David knew his identity in Christ. He also wrote in 1 Chronicles 28 and verse 10, when he was commissioning his son Solomon to take over for him, he said, Solomon, take this seriously. The Lord has chosen you to build a temple as a sanctuary. Be strong and do the work. God is telling us today that church as well. God has a temple. Yes, we have church buildings, but in the middle of this pandemic, his word has gone forth through the airwaves, through social media, through video, through podcasts, his word is going forth. And God is telling us he wants us to be strong and do the work that he's called us to do. See, strong is not wrong. But so many times in Christianity, especially for Christian women, we're told that don't be strong. That's wrong for you to be strong. And let me tell you, that's not what the word of God says. See, women, I want to talk to you for a minute. Our model for Christian womanhood is found in Proverbs 31. We've all heard of that Proverbs 31 woman. Most of us are like, I can never be like her. She's too perfect. But that's our model that we look to. So let's see what God said about the, the woman that he's called us to be. In Proverbs 31 verse 25, it says, strength and honor are her clothing. She shall rejoice in time to come. So women, strong is not wrong. God says we are to put on strength, that we are clothed in strength. Just like I put on my sweater today and I put on my shirt that talks about strong women. God wants his daughters and his sons to be strong in him strong in what he's called us to do, strong in our faith. He's called us to be a strong church with a strong message of love for the world. We put on God's strength every day in the good days and the hard days. And you know, this life that we're living, especially now, it requires strength. And we don't have enough. We can't muster up enough strength ourselves from our own strength within us. We must look to the Lord for our strength. So I wanna to go to Ephesians chapter six. In this chapter, God is writing through Paul and Paul is describing what godly relationships should be like. 
Verses one through nine, he gives us instructions for husbands and wives and children and slaves and the different ones. So he gives instructions for relationships, which we all need that. But when he gets to verse 10, he gives us a key to all of our relationships. The key is, verse 10, Ephesians six ten. He said, a final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. The message version says, God is strong and he wants you strong. See, relationships require strength. When I try to love others solely in my own strength, I'm gonna fail. As humans, we don't have the capacity to love like we should in and of ourselves. But he's telling us here, be strong in the Lord. That's where our strength comes from. When we need help in relationships, moms, when you need help to do better as a mom, to love and to take care and provide and do the things you need to. Dads, singles, when you need to love people, you need to provide, you need to be a Christ-like example. Thank God we can trust in his strength and in his power. We tap into his strength and power and that becomes our identity. See, God knows we are not strong, so he makes us strong. God is almighty to make us mighty. Our father is all powerful to make his children powerful. God has a plan for your life and the devil has a scheme to try to knock you out of that plan. So take your paper, we have some declarations on there. I want everybody to look at the back, declaration one. We're gonna say this, I want you to say it out loud. Ready, declaration one, read it with me. Say, I am strong because my identity is that God is the source of my strength. Amen, that's our first declaration, to be strong people. Second step to strong is humility. Colossians chapter three and verse 12 says, so chosen by God for this new life of love, dress in the wardrobe God picked out for you. Compassion, kindness, humility, quiet strength, and discipline. Those of you out there that love fashion, God's talking your language here. Again, he says, dress in these things. Just like you got dressed this morning, some of you may not have been out of your pajamas and your sweatpants for very much. You haven't been maybe going out of the house as much, but this morning you got on and you got dressed for church. Guess what? God wants us to get dressed every day. And one of the things he wants us to put on is humility and quiet strength. We don't have to be this, this person that like screams and is loud. I was reminded when I was thinking of this, sometimes when I go to the gym, I can hear these big muscle builders and they like try to deadlift, I think that's what it's called, these huge amounts of weights. And you can hear them and they're like, and they lift it. And then when they get it up, they drop it. Sometimes I'm like, do you have to be so dramatic? They drop it and then they're like, yeah, we don't have to be like that. 
We don't have to let everyone know that we're this powerful, strong person. See, humility is a quiet strength. It's a strength knowing who our identity is. And the Bible also talks about meekness. Let's look at Proverbs chapter 22, 4 before we talk about meekness. Proverbs 22, 4 says, true humility and fear of the Lord lead to riches, honor, and long life. When we're humble, we walk in humility, we're going to find true riches in our life. See, Jesus has called us to be humble and meek, but not weak. He never called us to be weak Christians. Now, in and of ourselves, we are weak. We have no power. But through him, we can have all the power that we need to live our lives. The word meek, you don't hear that much in today's language. But that word meek, it means strength under control. I like that. Strength under control. See, we don't have to go around, like I said, showing that we're this like big bodybuilder. We, ha we can have strength and be powerful, strong people under control. The meek know their strength comes from God. The meek are also humble. They know that their power isn't of themselves. Their power is only through God. The meek know how and when to fight, but they're not looking for one. They don't have to look for a fight. Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 10 says, the name of the Lord is a strong fortress. The godly run to him and are safe. See, we are not a fortress, only God is, but we are strong when we run to him. Okay, take your paper, we got our second declaration. Ready, everybody, declaration two. Say this out loud, say, I am strong when I walk in humility and meekness. That's our second step. And our last step I'm gonna talk about today, the third step to becoming strong is prayer. See, once we are acquainted with our source of true strength, it's time to prepare for spiritual warfare. That's why immediately after telling us to be strong there that we read in Ephesians 6 verse 10, remember he said, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. The next verse, verse 11, he starts giving to us all of the different pieces of the armor of God that we are to put on. It talks about our faith kids have learned this, the breastplate of righteousness and the sword of the spirit and our shield of faith and the shoes of peace, all of those different pieces of armor. He talks about that's for spiritual warfare, for fighting against the devil to protect us from his schemes. But then he ends all of that warfare talk in verse 18. He says this to wrap it up. He says, pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. The Passion Translation says this of Ephesians 6:18. It reads, pray passionately in the spirit as you constantly intercede with every form of prayer at all times. Pray the blessings of God upon all 
his believers. So notice, when do we pray? At all times. Who do we pray for? All people. On all occasions, we are to pray. See, prayer and obedience, those are our most powerful tools in spiritual warfare. Sometimes we think it's hard. We have to do all these things and you're trying to balance. Okay, which one of those pieces of the armor of God do I put on? Prayer and obedience are going to get you where you want to go with God. Those are important tools for him. And some of the different kinds of prayer that I listed for you. The first kind is very informal. This is what we should be doing all the time. It's just talking to God. As you're walking along in your life, you walk along and you see someone. You're out at the grocery store and you see someone and your heart is moved with compassion. You can pray for them. You see someone on the side of the road and you pray for them. You say, God, would you just bless that person? God, I pray. You're walking along in your life and you think about your child and you say, God, would you bless my child at their work today? God, you just talk to God. It's very informal. This is what God wants from us, just to talk to him. The second kind of prayer is a more formal kind of prayer. How many of you were taught the Lord's Prayer growing up? Any of y'all? Honk if you were taught the Lord's Prayer. Okay. See, I grew up in the Methodist church. We didn't learn a lot of the Bible, but we did learn the Lord's Prayer. Okay, and we all know that. Our Father, who, and I learned it from the King James. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And uh, it goes on and on and on. That's a formal kind of prayer, and that's good. Jesus said, pray like this. He, he gave us that prayer. The next kind of prayer we can do is pray in the Spirit. See, when you give your life to Jesus, that next step you should ask for is, God, fill me with the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit comes into your life, He gives you prayers. He gives you a prayer language. He fills you. Sometimes It says when you don't know what to pray, ask the Holy Spirit. Ask the Holy Spirit and he will pray through you. And then the last kind of prayer is to pray the word of God. You can take scriptures from the word and pray those over yourself. If you were here, um, it was in March, right around the middle of March. It was like the Wednesday right before Men of Iron. I spoke and that's right when they started shutting things down in our country. And I took Psalm 91. If you were there that night and I showed you, you can pray this over yourself. You can begin to speak those things over yourself. See, praying the word of God is powerful. You just take what the scripture says and you put your name in there. You put your kid's name in there. You put your husband's name in there. You put your employees and your bosses and your friend's name in there. Psalm 91 says, those who live in the shelter of the Most High, you can say, Father, thank you. I live in the shelter of the Most High. My children find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This my family declares of the Lord. He is my family's refuge. God, you are our place of safety. And you just take different scriptures and you pray them out over your family. There's so many scriptures. You find the scriptures that, that to pray over your family. And we have a great tool 
If any of you have the Bible app, it's so easy. You can click on, you can just click the, uh, as you're reading, click the question mark, and you can put in any subject. And it's so easy. It brings up all kinds of scriptures. If you're wondering about what can I pray about anxiety, you type in anxiety and it'll bring up lots of scriptures for you. So this, is a, this can be a great tool for you. So we have all of these different kinds of prayer available. I want you to look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 18. I put five different translations on there for you to see what this says. The Message Bible says, pray all the time. The NIV says, pray continually. The New King James says, pray without ceasing. The New Living Translation says, never stop praying. The Passion Translation says, make your life a prayer. I love that. Make your life a prayer. Prayer should be as natural as breathing, something that we just do continually. It doesn't have to happen when you're inside the, the walls of a church building. Prayer should be every day. You wake up with a prayer on your heart and on your lips. All through your day, you pray. And at night, when you go to sleep, you pray. That's what it is. It's as natural as breathing. St. Augustine said this. He said, pray as though everything depended on God. Work as though everything depended on you. I want to take you back at the last story to Jesus in the night before he was crucified. See, he knew what was going to happen. His father had given him this assignment, but it was very difficult for him. How many of you have faced some difficult assignments in your life, especially these past few weeks, months? Some of you, your jobs, it's been difficult. Some of you, without jobs, it's been difficult. Those of you whose children no longer were leaving to go to school and are now at home with you all day, that is difficult. Some of you are having to navigate family issues. That is difficult. We've gone through some dark and difficult days. Listening to the news, it can be overwhelming. We feel pain just like Jesus felt pain. Jesus felt anxiety. Jesus did not want to go through the pain that he was facing, but he did. In the Garden of Gethsemane, on the night before he was crucified, he asked God, if it's, if it's at all possible, take this away. But the biggest thing he said was not my will, but your will. See, he was humble and he submitted himself to God. But Jesus was honest with his pain. I love that. He wasn't some perfect person who was like, well, you know, hard times, just get used to it. He was suffering, just like most of us have suffered through this pandemic. We've gone through hard times, hard times with our family, hard times with our jobs and our kids. Jesus was honest with his pain, and we need to be honest as well. God wants us to be honest. And Jesus laid out an example for us to follow in the middle of navigating our own suffering and heartache. 
Jesus' response in the hardest, heaviest time in his life was to call out in prayer to God, to run to him. So when we feel the weight of sorrow, of grief, of pressure, when we feel that upon us, guess what? We need to do just what Jesus did and run to the Father. Pray and seek his face and trust God with his will for our lives. We trust him with our pain and we can pray boldly because God has given us his promises. We need to pray hard when things are going well and we need to pray hard when things aren't going well. See, we are only as powerful as our prayers. Strong women and men keep their prayer connection strong with God. So take out your paper. We've got our third declaration. We're gonna say together, declaration number three. I am strong when my prayers are strong. God wants us to be strong, church. So make sure that you find your identity in him. Make sure that you walk in humility and weakness towards him. And make sure that you keep that prayer connection strong, strong with God. So what we're going to do right now is we're going to have a time of prayer. I want you to, if you have family with you in the car, would you take hands Children, would you let mom and dad put their hands on you? If you're by yourself, if you would just put your hands on your heart right now, we're going to take some time and we're going to pray. The team this morning sang that song, The Blessing. And I believe God wants to send a blessing out over all of you. That song is directly from Deuteronomy chapter 6. And we're just going to pray those things out over our families. Father, we pray right now, God. We pray for the, the people here with us, Lord Jesus. We pray for our families, Lord God. We pray that you would go before them, that you would come behind them, God, that your favor would rest upon them, God, that you would give them peace. Lord, we just thank you. Thank you for the people that you've placed in our lives. Father, we pray over, over all of the, the church family, God, whether that's here or online, God, wherever they're at all over the United States, God. Father, we pray, God, that you would bless our family. Bless our family outside of the United States, God. Father, we pray that you would be with them. Father, we pray that you would, you would bless them, Lord Jesus. Father, I pray, God, right now against this pandemic virus in the name of Jesus. Father, we come against coronavirus and we break your power in the name of Jesus. We break the power of this virus over our land. Lord, we call Lubbock County free. We call the state of Texas free from coronavirus, the United States and our world. We call it free in the name of Jesus. We speak health and healing and strength to our land, God, in the name of Jesus. Father, we pray salvation right now. Salvation would go out upon our land. Salvation and restoration, God. 
Father, I pray for the prodigals, God, those who once knew you. I pray they would come back, God. They would come back to Father's house. They would know your love once more. Father, I pray that you would just send labors across their paths, that they would remember your goodness. They would remember your kindness and they would surrender their hearts to you. Right now, wherever you're at, I wanna say a prayer of salvation. If you're here in this parking lot, if you're out there on the live stream, I just want you to close your eyes and examine your heart where you're at with Jesus right now. Jesus, we surrender our hearts to you. Just say this with me. I surrender my heart to you, Jesus. I want you in my life. I need you. Come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. I surrender everything that I am to you, Jesus. Everything that I am. In Jesus' name. Amen. The team's going to sing this song again, the blessing. And I just want you to pray as they sing this out. Bless the people around you. Bless your family, your work, our neighborhood. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.